Well, Matthew chapter 6, uh, beginning with uh, verse 5. Hear the word of God. This is what Jesus says uh, to his followers. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven... Let your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. And uh, Scripture says the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord uh, lasts forever. I hope it will be so among us. What do you want out of life? Uh, what do you want in, in your life? Right? You're in college. In a lot of ways in college, you're kind of setting the direction for your future where it's going to go, from what major you go to, the relationships you'll have, the direction you want to go, um, kind of setting that course in, in college. And for some of you, that's a little bit scary because you're like, I've already switched my majors three times. I'm not sure where it's going to end up. I don't know what direction I'm going, right? Um, others of you have your, like, five-year plan, your 10-year, 30-year uh, plan, of, of, and you're hoping it's going to work out and happen. Uh, but you've got plenty of answers to the question, what do you want? What would you want uh, to happen in your life. Maybe you've got too many different answers to be able to decide where it wants you to go. Uh, some of you can describe it like almost concretely of, of what you want things to look like, of the jobs that you want to have, the steps that it takes to get there, the kind of life you'll have at that point. Maybe friendships that you'll have, family, uh, the dream house or the cool car that you'll be driving when you're pulling in a good salary in several years or whatever it is. Some of you, it's not so much like those particular things, but it's more just kind of the character of it. Um, that you, you want to be happy, you want to be secure, you want to be comfortable, you want to have people around you, you want to have purpose, helping others, uh, being loved. Or maybe you're just kind of more of, of the moment kind of a person, right? You're like, oh, I have 10 years, what are we talking about? Tomorrow, I don't even know, right? But you still know what you want now. You want to be enjoying uh, the moment now. Generally, I think that's the way that we approach prayer. We approach prayer as a, as a means of getting what we want, right? Uh, we're saying, God, here's the things that I, that I want to have happen, now please go and do it, right? Kind of like, like making a Christmas list. Uh, just in my family, they, they, we even, my parents wanted us to like write out a Christmas list of things that you want to put down, right? And they're like, oh, I don't want to write down, you know, like what things should I write down and not write down because they're too big, but kind of you start writing down these, these things on your Christmas list and it's, kind of fun. You're like, ooh, because like, these are some fun. I would love to get these things. And you, and you write it out, and you're like, I know I probably won't get all these, uh, but, but you're hoping that you're going to get some of them, right? 
And then if we approach prayer that way, then it gets a little frustrating when we don't get what we want. Uh, when we don't get what we, we ask for, we start to go, well, well, why is it happening this way? Um, you know, was I too naughty, right? If Santa knows who's, who's naughty and nice and God sees everything, uh, God does not want to give these things to me because I've done too many bad things. Or you look around, maybe you hear other people talking about prayer, or you just see good things in their life, and you're like, well, maybe God doesn't like me. God's given them these things, and I'm asking for things I'm not giving, and maybe I'm just not what people of God likes. Or maybe it feels a lot like a, a Christmas list and feel like maybe there's just not a God that's, that's getting these requests uh, to do anything about it. I'm frustrated and, and feel like, what's the point? If it's not working, if I'm asking for the things that I want and not getting it, what's the point of it? Jesus in this passage has given us a different way of looking at prayer. Um, he, he's helping us take a whole different mindset as we approach it. Uh, particularly this, that prayer is not about getting what you want. Prayer is not about getting what you want. It, it's more about wanting what God wants. Right? These, these first three uh, requests that Jesus teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, they're all kind of connected and in parallel. Uh, we're not to be praying primarily or first of all for our reputation, but praying for God's name. We're not to be praying primarily for our agenda, for what we want to see happen, but for, for God's kingdom. And so here, Jesus tells us not to primarily be praying for the things that we want, for what we will. He says instead, to pray like this, let God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what do you want? Or maybe even from this, what, is, what does God want? And what do you pray for? Praying for God's will is a difficult thing. That's the first point that I want us to talk about. The, the difficulty of praying for God's will. It, it's hard for us to ask God to do what He wants in our life. We're for God to do what He wants to, whatever He wants to, in, in the world around us. right? Because, frankly, what He wants and what we want just aren't always the exact same thing. Right? I can only think that I want, and that's, that's not maybe what he's doing. So, so if we're asking, if we're praying, uh, why would we ask for what, for what he wants? Instead of just what, what, what we want. Because usually I think we pray for the, for the exact opposite reason. Uh, I think usually we pray in order to instruct God in, in our will. Uh, here's, the, here's the situation, and... Here's what you need to do to make me happy. Because you're supposed to be one to make me happy, so this is what you should do. Uh, God, in case you don't know, uh, I would like you to do the following things tomorrow, next week, or in my life. <clears throat> um, uh, even telling God this is what would be best in the situation, please, please do it. We're trying to instruct God in our will. So we go to like the football game, baseball game, and uh, sit next to the person who's, who's yelling at the coaches. <laughs> stupid play calling, why are, they, why are they doing it? Why are we trying to run it up the middle when our offensive line can't hold? And there's like going on about the coaches, right? There's idiots up in the box. And, um, it's not exactly the most fun to sit next to those people. Sometimes it's a little bit entertaining, you know. But at some point the voice comes in your head that's like, and if you were up in the box, the game would be going better, really? Um, because I mean, I'm not saying the coaches always have it right, but they do have a game plan, 
uh, especially MSU, they're, they're highly qualified people to have the job that they have. They, they have some reason for what they're, for what they're doing. Um, and you don't want to be, uh, you know, have the arrogance to be like going up to the coach later and be like, this is what you should have done. How are you making this play, right? Um, not, the, not the mindset you want to have. And if it would be foolish to go to the college coach and, and, and tell them what they should have been doing, um, how much more would be foolish to be telling God, God, this is what you need to do in this situation? God, you made everything rule over everything, know everything, are all wise, and this is what would be the right thing to do, so you better do it. I mean, please. Right? Um, listen, God delights to hear everything that you want. Um, whatever it is that you want, God loves for you to come to him and say, these are the things I would love to see happening in my life. Um, but it's not because he needs your advice. And that's a difficulty. Um, because it means you're not the play caller. And, and coming to God in, in prayer means you're not making those decisions. You're not the one uh, in control. What you imagine, if you will, pulling out a sheet of paper, right? Maybe it's one of the announcement sheets. Maybe you got your own little sheet of paper. But I want, to, I want you to imagine pulling out a sheet of paper, and you're going to write on that sheet, sheet of paper. You're going to write down all of, your, all of your wants and your desires and your dreams and your hopes, Right? Maybe you need several sheets of paper if you're going to do that. Right, but, you're, but you're writing down uh, the things that you want, the things that you hope for. You know a lot of the things that, that might be on that list. Some of them are going to be trivial. Some are going to be important. Some of them are deeply important to you. Uh, praying for things that you're struggling with, uh, that you're trying to overcome, that you're trying to get through. Praying for, for goals that you've set up for yourself, maybe that other people have set up for you. And you're trying to make it. You're trying to get there. You're trying to see some measure of success. Concerns for your family, um, concerns for things going on in the world, for, for pain that you see, concerns for your friends, uh, people that are important to you, different relationships. Um, maybe just for the opportunity to laugh, have fun, joke around, enjoy people, uh, to be noticed, to be cared about, to be complimented, um, or maybe it's just to be able to take a bite into that Moe's burrito a little bit later because you're already hungry, right? You know the things that you'd be, you'd be writing down? You've got this list on this paper of all these things that, that are things that you desire and that you want. Now I want you to imagine taking that sheet of paper and, and, and taking the whole stack and then taking a sheet of paper with all your desires on it and putting it on the bottom of the stack, right? The whole stack of other pages and the ones with all of your desires and hopes and wants on it, you take and you put on the bottom of the stack that has all God's wants on it. Things that he wants to have happen. Right? If, you're, if you're like me and you're imagining that, you're like, I'll, I'll, I'll do that in just a little bit. Let me just leave my sheet on the top and when I'm ready, I, I am, I'm going to put it on the bottom, but you know, it's like, okay, if I have to put it on the bottom, you know, like you put it in there, but you leave the bottom sheet kind of dangling out a little bit, maybe it'll get noticed. Um, you have know, the whole like you know lottery thing when you're putting it, you kind of like bend the corner, <laughs> like kind of pull that one out at some point. Um, when Jesus is saying, "Pray, let God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven," He's saying, right, primarily what we're doing, even with all of the desires that we have, we're taking that sheet and we're putting it on the bottom of the things of what God longs for, what God's uh, bringing about. Um, <clears throat> It's difficult to pray the way that Jesus is telling us to pray. Um, it's difficult because you have to give up your, your self-focus. 
You have to give up the preoccupation that you have with the things that you want to get out of life for you. Um, you don't have to give up those desires, uh, but you, you do have to give up control. You have to submit to God if you're asking Him to, to work in your life. It's, it's painfully hard to pray, your will be done, to take that top sheet of your list and, and put it on the bottom. But once you recognize this as well, uh, prayer is, praying for God's will is supposed to be difficult. Hi, prayer can be great, it can be wonderful. Uh, praying for God's will is supposed to be uh, difficult. And if you, if you find it difficult to pray, and difficult to pray that God does whatever he wants in your life, uh, good. You're, maybe you're praying the, the right way. That's, what, that's, that's how praying for God's will is supposed to be. For Jesus, it was difficult to pray for God's will to be done. All right? You remember on the night that Jesus was betrayed in the garden, you can flip over several chapters to the end of Matthew. Uh, you flip over to Matthew chapter 26, if you want. I think in verse 36 it starts. It's the, it's the night before Jesus was going to be uh, betrayed by his friend Judas, delivered over to the Roman authorities to be killed. Right? Uh, the night before that, Jesus goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane. He takes uh, some of his disciples with him. It says he uh, began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. You know, it's coming. And, and remain here and watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Right? He prays, uh, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And the passage goes on to say, Jesus prayed this for an hour. I like it took me like three or four seconds to read that. Jesus prayed that uh, for an hour in anguish before God. He comes back, the disciples are sleeping. He goes back and prays again, the same thing. He comes back again after a while, the disciples are sleeping again. Uh, he goes back and prays again. Uh, and, and as Luke talks about it, it says that he was sweating drops of blood, right? In agony, praying, because he sees death coming, he's saying, this is not what I want. It's hard for Jesus to pray this, but he prays still, not what I want, but what you want, let that be done. Right? He spends hours praying just this. Um, and because it was difficult, right, he, he prayed a lot. And if it was difficult for Jesus, it, it's going to be difficult for us. Um, you should expect it to be hard for us to pray God's will to be done. Uh, but it's all the more reason, since it's difficult, to pray and to pray more, because that's what we need in order to engage it. But expect it to be difficult to pray, your will, God, and not mine, be done. I want you to see the difficulty of praying for God's will. But you also need to see beyond the, the difficulty to the benefit of it. Right? That's the second thing I want us to see. The benefit of praying for God's will. Now, you can't always see the benefit. Right? Uh, that's, that's kind of the problem. If you, if you could, it would be, it'd be a whole lot easier. Uh, but you can't always see the benefit um, uh, of God's will. Um, but I think God shows us enough of the benefit for us to learn to trust, a little by little. And essentially what he's showing us is, is who he is. He's showing us a little bit of his character, what he's done in the past, what he says in his word, and even we get to see some of it in our life. God is showing you enough for you to learn that he's someone who's worth trusting. That means like, 
when you don't know or you can't handle it that, that he still can or he's doing something that's worth, worth saying, God, you take care of this, I don't know how to do it. Right? He's someone who you can lean on and you can trust. Um, and I want you to get kind of be able to picture of what this benefit of praying for God's will is. If it's that difficult, uh, then show me something that, that says why this is worth it, uh, why there's a benefit to it. Um, and I think the best view uh, maybe that Scripture gives us is that benefit is through Jesus' prayer that we just saw. Right? In fact, I think as we look at that prayer, uh, I want to say that's, that's like climbing up to the mountaintop to be able to get the, the scenic vista of the, of the benefits of praying for God's will, and from that point you can look down and see how all the rest of the ground lays out. Um, that's the high point. There you can see what the benefit of it is. Um, because of this, what if, what if that wasn't what Jesus prayed? What if Jesus wasn't praying for God's will? Right? Uh, he wasn't saying, not my will, but your will uh, be done. What if Jesus was saying, please let this cup pass from me. This is what I want. Do this. Right? But if that was all he was praying, and, and that's what God listened to and did. Well, you know, Jesus like escaped the next day. I don't know. Maybe he's still teaching. Maybe he's still doing miracles. Lives a long, happy life for a while. And, and everyone else dies in our sin, and we have no hope from then on of any kind of being reconciled to God or having future promises or, or anything else, right? So it's all done. Um, but when you, when you look at that, you see Jesus praying in his agony and praying, but the view that you get is that God's will is in, is in no way easy. All right, here's, here's Jesus, God in the flesh, uh, come down, um, going to be uh, betrayed by his friends and his other friends leaving him, uh, handed over to the authorities uh, innocently, though he's innocent, being condemned, uh, refrained from using the power at his command to, to rescue himself, and in obedience to God, allowing himself to be nailed to the cross, uh, mocked, condemned, to suffer and die and feel his father's hatred and rejection of sin on him. It was in no way uh, easy when you look at God's will. But it was in every way beneficial. Um, Even beneficial for Jesus, three days raised from the dead, exalted to the right hand of the Father, given the name above every name and all things being placed uh, under his feet. Um, But particularly, what was God's will in doing this? Even what was God's will for us uh, to show us his his glory? But, But God's will was to was to love the rebels that run away from him. Uh, the fire missiles back in his direction. Uh, us as rebels who offend him. God wanted to, to rescue us. To rescue us from destroying ourselves. Uh, God's desire was to become our father and to take us into his arms as his children whom he loved. God longed to shower his affection on us, to cover over our sins so there's nothing that can separate us uh, from him. And so, he wanted Jesus to go forward in obedience, even to death. Um, God was willing for his beloved son to suffer, um, to die, to be punished for sinners. And he accomplished his will, uh, the will of condemning Jesus in our place and saving saving people who have messed up and done what God doesn't want them to do because he wants to love us. God showed his power, his salvation, his love, even in raising Jesus from the dead uh, as our hope. 
our King, as our Savior. You get the view as you climb up to that mountain, as you look at this prayer, as you look at Jesus praying for God's will. This is a view. At that time, nothing could have seemed worse. This is the promised Messiah that our only hope is in Him, and He's going to die? Nothing could have seemed worse, but nothing could have ended up uh, being better. Uh, that's the mountain view of, of God's will. We get to, from that point, look down to all the hills and the valleys of our experience below. It gives us a ground after trust for all our experiences, after all our hurts, uh, for all of our, all of our attempts to pray. Maybe it's still helpful to, to view the benefits of praying for God's will from, from other angles as well. Here's maybe a, 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 a few other ways to look at it. Uh, I mean, do you realize that there is a benefit to not getting what you want? I know you want to get what you want, but do you, I mean, you can kind of step back and realize that sometimes it's good that you don't actually get what you want. <clears throat> sometimes our desires are really immature, right? Um, like if you eat the whole bowl of cookie dough that you want, it'll taste good for a while, but not so much when it's coming back the other direction later in the night, right? Uh, so sometimes you have immature desires of these things. Um, for instance, there are, what, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of middle school girls right now who wish that they could marry Justin Bieber, right? <laughs> and in a few years, they will be very, very thankful that they did not uh, get what they wanted, right? That those desires weren't fulfilled. Um, sometimes there's immature desires we have. Sometimes there's conflicting desires, right? We don't really know what we want. Or the things that we want don't really fit with one another. Um, like when I go to a buffet, I kind of like to go to a buffet, like all you can eat buffet because it's all lined up and you get to pick and you just, I just like walk through them. Everything I see, I'm like, do I want that? Do I want that? And just start putting stuff on your plate, right? And then I get back to my table and I put the tray down and I look at it and I'm like, what is all this mess here together, right? Like all piled up and I've got like shrimp and baked beans. Like this is not the right combination, right? You got hush puppies along with your roast beef and I'm like, I don't know what I want when I go there. It's, it's better when you go to a restaurant that's like a nice restaurant, got the, got the dish and the sides that go with it, like all there for you. You're like, oh, this is a great combination of taste and flavors. They know how to cook you, right? Um, all right, uh, we've got conflicting desires. We don't know what we want. We can't see the whole thing. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. We've got a limited perspective on stuff. Sometimes it's good that we don't get our desires. Um, mature desires, conflicting desires, and then there's plenty of simple desires. These are the ones that are not good, uh, that are wrong, that are offensive to God. Um, his rules are usually good for us. Um, for, for instance, there's, there's plenty of you who've had the desire to have sex with lots of different porn stars, and as far as health concerns, you're really glad that you haven't. Um, it's, a, it's the way that, you're glad in some ways that you can see that there's a benefit of not getting what you want. Don't keep going. Now you're going to, now you want to keep thinking about, um, don't get, you don't want those simple desires, okay? You, you do, you do. You know. um, here's the point. God knows what he's doing. We really, I, I don't really know what I'm, God knows what he's doing. His ways are higher than, than our ways. His ways are also better. All the time, we can't see how this situation works out for our good. Um, most of the time, we can't see how, how is this going to be beneficial at all. Um, God's will is beyond what we're able to see. Uh, I love the very end of uh, Romans 11. Uh, Paul just, just 
kind of overflows with, with praise of God. He says in verse 33, 34, he says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways, right? His ways are beyond finding out. I don't, I don't get it, but it's beautiful. Why is he saying He's talking about the, the gospel of redemption and salvation at God's work because it, it didn't end up being like a, a physical earthly kingdom for a little while with a really powerful but just uh, king who, who, who ruled stuff for one race of people. What God was doing was, was much better than that. It was beyond what they could see. It was His Son coming down in the flesh as God to, to save not just one people, for, to show his, his love to people all across the globe for eternity, apart from what they can work for themselves. And, God sa- and Paul says, How, your ways are beyond, beyond finding out. But it's awesome. Right, but here's, a, here's another way maybe of looking at, at God's will, uh, what God wants and the benefit of it. Because it can be one thing to see, okay, in that sense, God's will is good, it's beneficial. But what's it look like? If I want something concrete to say, how is God's will beneficial? What, what things am I actually praying for for it to look like here? Um, well, we can see God's will in his commandments. That God says that he wants, God says that he wants for us to do, and take the Ten Commandments, for instance, right? I think that if you, if you look at the Ten Commandments this way, it helps you picture um, the world the way that God wants it. Well, I don't always think about the Ten Commandments that way, but think about it this way, as, as a, a way for it to help us picture the world the way God wants. Wants it. What would it be like if the world worked according to those Ten Commandments? That's what God was doing is to give those out to Israel was to create a, a beautiful society that would work this way. Then work that way so you follow all. But Moses even says, you know, what, what society has laws like ours that are so, that are so good? I start off, uh, other gods before me, shouldn't have uh, false idols, shouldn't make any idols to, to worship, uh, take the Lord's name in vain, uh, remember the uh, Sabbath day to keep it holy. Um, so, so it starts off talking about worship. That God doesn't want there to be false worship, right? In part because He, God, He deserves to be glorified. Nothing else is, is like Him, so He deserves that. But there's also a benefit for us in that. Uh, that it doesn't leave us in the emptiness of pouring ourselves out to to, to nothing. Um, or in the idolatry, it doesn't leave us like carving something out of stone and then like asking for it to do everything that we want and, and not getting it. Or maybe in, like, our time, seeing the product that Jesus says it'll make your life happy and that you're showing out the money because you're sure it's going to make you happy and then being disappointed again because it's not satisfying, because it doesn't uh, fulfill. Uh, God, God's looking for us to have true worship, looking to Him. Um, or, uh, or take the fourth commandment, right? The, the Sabbath. Um, remember the, the uh, Sabbath day to keep it holy. God wants the world to be a place where we actually rest, um, where we get to have, we get to close the textbook, um, where you get to not have to go to work, um, where you don't have all the all the burdens of the busyness of everything that's got to be done and, and ruin in on your life and the stress of that. He wants you to be able to take that break. Um, he, he wants you to have. Wouldn't you like to have a weekly holiday? Um, God wants there to be a weekly holiday. God says, listen, one day of the week is devoted to this. It's a weekly celebration. Uh, it's a rest and focus on the glory of God to se- celebrating creation is one of the ways that it talks about it. The, the world that God's made that we get to be uh, enjoying. 
It talks about it as a celebration of God's redemption, that he's brought us uh, out of slavery and made a relationship with us, right? And, and particularly, uh, that it's, we especially see it as the Lord's day in the New Testament. It's a day uh, of redemption and salvation, of new creation uh, in Christ. And see, it's God of the race from the dead. It's on the first day of the week, every first day of the week, God's people come together for weekly celebration, uh, to rest, to be refreshed, in celebrating what God's done for us and celebrating who He is and how He's shown us that. That's a good world. How are you going to go to the second table of the wall? We don't have to get through all the honor your father and your mother. A world where there's honor instead of disrespect. Uh, where everyone's not looking for the opportunity to make fun of and put people down. Um, people aren't maybe even doing that to you and not to others. Um, shall not chill, a place where there's life and not death. That'd be good, like no murder. I'd, I'd enjoy that world. Or, or Jesus, like, goes in the you know, uh, Sermon on the Mount, talks about that commandment to say it's not just what goes on in killing someone, but what goes on in the heart in that of, of hating one another. Um, a place where there's not, not hatred against uh, one another. Uh, 